Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. is the Pride Detroit POD cast spelling out the for you like the Ohio State University, which will get our Michigan people all good and riled up, including Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, still not at Detroit on Lion, still deactivated from Twitter. He is here. Wow, you're already adequate. I can't believe it. Are you back on are you back on Twitter now? Yeah, dude. June first. Oh right. Yeah. It's been it's been a whole month you've been deactivated. That's weird. It's like three weeks. Oh, okay. Couldn't couldn't stand being away anymore, huh? No, my plan was always just to be back at it on June first. Okay, whatever. Um, I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P E R F E T T, and our third man, Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy at Ryan underscore P O D, who just got beat by NC Mom at home on Fortnite. <laughs> Basically, busy mom. Busy mom. Yeah. Busy mom NC. So North Carolina, a very busy mom in North Carolina just beat Bride Matthews at Fortnite. She was busy giving out work. She had seven kills that game. Yeah, exactly. This is becoming a problem. Like every time I turn around, you guys are trying to play Fortnite. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm I'm willing to admit it. I got no problem with it though. I I feel I feel it petering out at times, but then there's all other times where, like, right now, after this loss, like, now I'm very, very frustrated. Well, and now I you're... just want well, to get back on the horse. That's great. That's that's fan, a fantastic mindset to have going into a podcast, a POD cast. Because I know at some point, probably earlier than ever, you are going to be like, what? I wasn't paying attention. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> you Classic did that on bit. purpose. Classic yeah. bit. All right. All right. Fine. Whatever. Uh, we do have some Lions news to talk about uh, coming up on the Wayback Machine this week. We're doing a shorter podcast this week just because there isn't much, too much to talk about. But Wayback Machine, we're going to be rewinding to Falcons Lions. And I'm sure that is exactly where people want to go. But you know what? We are committed to doing this in order. You don't get skipsies. You're not allowed to skip out on this. You have to sit here and take this history lesson with the rest of us. It will be graded. But we start today. Uh, with news of the Detroit Lions, and I say news, and I have to reinforce this because there's been some people out there on Twitter and in other places saying this is not news and we should not be covering it, which is always a great defense to try to say, to try to tell people what is and isn't news, because people want to read about this. It, just because of there, there. Let me clarify that because we do get because the thing is here. Here's how it works with. Website commenters 
and Twitter commenters, they are a very small minority, a very vocal minority. So when they come out and say this is not news, there's a many more people who would say this is news. I just don't care enough to really post about it. That is the dilemma of the poster's life, as Twitter, weird Twitter would say. So let's talk about Calvin Johnson. Jeremy, do you have the details on hand? Yeah, so he was at his annual uh, camp that he holds for free in, in Detroit. I think it's actually Southfield or something like that. But uh, every year, at least one reporter seems to go here and asks him about his retirement, asks him whether he's coming back, asks him about what went wrong, why he's still mad at the Lions. And he usually indulges with a, a one or two paragraph quote. This time, no different. But this time, he gave us a little more details uh, on why maybe he's a little bit upset. And though the story that was put up by Dave Burkett is mostly not surrounding this thing, I think it's the most interesting part of uh, of the entire article. He says when he announced his retirement and he was dreading telling Jim Caldwell, it was something that he said was on his mind for three weeks. He goes in there, he tells Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell immediately summons Bob Quinn and Rod Wood. And the very first thing out of Rod Wood's mouth, according to Calvin Johnson, is, did you earn all your bonus? And <laughs> Calvin's reaction was, oh, shit. I knew right then it was going to be a problem. And I was like, all right, I see how it's going to be. So right off the bat there, the the assumption is that it's going to be about the money. And I I have my own rant on this kind of stuff, but, I mean, just... Let's address whether this is news for people or not, because it is news. It's new. It's a new detail. You did not know about it. That, by definition, makes it news. Is it relevant news? Sure, absolutely. Most of you probably, if you're a Lions fan out there, you probably have, might have had a Calvin Johnson jersey. And some of the people who are probably yelling at us and telling us that it's not news because he's no longer a Lion probably have a Calvin Johnson jersey. So... Here Here's what I get, though. Like, from the fan standpoint, I get the I'm tired of this story take. And people are still I, reading about I, it, though. I understand that. I totally get it. But as long as there's more information coming about out about this, it's interesting to me, personally. Because I want to know what happened. I want to know how the Lions and the, one of the best players in the history have not been able to mend fences now two years after he retired. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this? It's a unique situation for the Lions because, I mean, this isn't the first time that the Lions as an organization have spurned um, one of the greatest players, not only in their franchise's history, but in, in the entire sport. So it's a coincidence. Um, it It's just really interesting to me the the more that the facts come out. And, and I want you guys to kind of spin off this, but like the idea that well, we haven't heard Rod Wood's um, side of the story. Rod Wood is, I'm sure he's free to speak, and, and I'm sure that he'd be willing to say something at, at any chance. I mean, don't you guys get the feeling that I, I I have no inclination or reason to believe that Calvin Johnson would lie about something like this? Why would he lie about this? I, yeah, I, why, would he, why would he put the time and energy into, into lying about something like this? Like, I don't think that, I don't think that the the career that he had in Detroit caused him like to to all of a sudden just be negative to the point where he's going to 
be malicious and, and lie about things like that's seems silly to me he's not nor nor is he out here like demanding a microphone either exactly. right? yeah. like if people that's... ask him about it he's going to say about it because that's the person he is he's also not going to cover for the lions and i guess the next question then becomes a matter of well does he deserve to get the bonus because there's a lot of people out here who claim to be such great businessmen who claim to be so great at what they do that they're great businessmen who are saying that he doesn't deserve the bonus. And I've, again, this is where I'm about to jump off the deep end. So I'll let you guys get in anything you want here before I uh, go long. Well, I don't know. I feel like this is the part of the story that we've kind of rehashed over and over again. Um, it, it depends on what, what NFL owner or businessman you ask. A lot of people think that the signing bonus is untouchable. One supply player signs a contract that's his going after it is is legal and you know it, it technically makes sense in the contract but it's it's taboo it's taboo in this league it does happen it happens you know i would say once every 2 years or so it it does happen but when it's your star franchise player top 5 guy in your franchise all time i think you should let it go i don't care if it saves you 1 million dollars in cap space i don't care if it saves you 320,000 dollars in cap space the salary cap is malleable. You can make room if you need room. You don't go out and recoup this, especially right away. You don't be the Rod Wood in the room and be like, oh, what does this mean for us financially? Not like, oh, my God, thanks for an amazing career. Like, we're, we're obviously devastated to see you go. Um, you know, anything, just a sentence or two. And maybe there was a sentence in two, or, and Calvin remembers it incorrectly, but to just you know one of the first things that Rod Wood probably said was what does this mean for us financially? And I get that that's his job to to make this team profitable and to make the team as much money as, as possible, but there's a human side to this. And you can say business is all dollars and cents. It's not. There is a human side to this. There is a human across from you at the table doing one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. And you're like, Okay, well, how much money do we get? That's that's gross. It's just gross. Ryan? Uh, the thing, and maybe maybe it's a little bit sensationalized. Maybe, like you said, Jeremy, maybe it wasn't the first thing out of Rod Wood's mouth. But that's the lasting impression that Calvin Johnson had, right? And that's why I think it, it lends itself to the even greater to the idea of, like, what reason does Calvin Johnson have um, – to lie to Dave Burkett, who's <laughs> coming to his camp. Like it, it isn't, it isn't Calvin Johnson sounding off on social media. He's not saying these things like somebody, somebody's bringing the microphone to him. So he has no reason to, to falsify any of the things that he's saying. Like I, did any, did any, any time in during Calvin Johnson's career, did it seem like he's the type of guy to, to be disgruntled like this? I mean, he, he went through so many, like, terrible seasons in Detroit like losing is so hard like that was something that Dan Orlovsky talked about like you know the first time the Lions made the playoffs in 2014 like like that was you know a uh like it, it felt good to play football how, how many years did Calvin Johnson put up with that and it seemed like he was always like smiling or always like you know just sticking with it it, it it's it's just the thing that's so hard about this entire story is that it's like it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be an end in sight. Like it just, it seems like everything's going to be, 
everything's going to be on a bad footing with like the current re- regime that's here because they were incoming as Calvin Johnson was outgoing. And it seems like it was a very business decision. Like it seemed like a way that they were setting the tone and it was, it's kind of a bad tone that they set. There's three things that really bother me about this story and how it has been received. And I'm trying to talk to the fan here who might be recalcitrant. And I'm asking you something very big here, which is to open your mind to this. Now, let's start about why this matters, because a lot of people have come out and said this is not news. He is no longer part of the team. Okay, that's fine. Then you can no longer talk about Barry Sanders or how long you've, you can't even talk about you being a fan. I don't want to hear about the games you've gone to or, you know, how long you've been a fan, because what, guess what? You're not part of the team. You're not part of the team. Now, let me be a little more serious. Get that out of the way. Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about the business of this. And what, let's talk about this. First off, before I get into the deeper issue here, I would just want to ask, was this money that they tried to recoup from, this, from Calvin Johnson's bonus actually going to put this team over a hurdle? Now, we can't answer that for sure. But given the amount of money involved, I'm going to say very quickly, probably not. This team without Calvin Johnson has put up seasons that are, have been at best middling. You know, you get one season without him where you go to the playoffs and lose in a disgusting fashion to the Seattle Seahawks. You can do same old Lions you want, or you can do Detroit versus everybody. I don't care. You lost that playoff game. You weren't going that far with a player that you get for a million dollars if you had recouped the, the, the signing bonus. And you weren't going, going to have a, a better 2017 with that money coming back from the signing bonus. Now, let's talk about business. You want to be the businessman out here? Sure, you want to talk about business. Let me say something to the uh, Twitter business owners who have talked to us lately. I've worked a lot of jobs. I've worked a lot of blue-collar jobs, too. I have worked as a carpenter. I've worked in a glass factory. In one of those scenarios, I've had my paycheck taken from me. So... And that's by a person who loved to talk about what a smart businessman he was, how he's always got the plan in mind. Oh, he's so good. And you know what? If you are the kind of person out here, the business owner who's talking about, oh, it's business when you're taking away someone's money that you've promised them and you say that's smart business, let me tell you something. I hope you don't run your business like that because everyone fucking hates you. Every one of your employees hate you. They may say they like you in front of your face, but behind it, And I've been there. I've been one of those people. We are talking so much junk about you. We know what you did. And that gets into the other point and the damage this has caused every time these Calvin Johnson articles come out. And you can't just tell the reporters and you can't just tell the players to shut up because you can't sweep that under the rug. That's not how life works. You have bad press. You have to eat that bad press. You can't just say, make the bad press go away. No, 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 no. That's not how life works. I'm sorry to give you the life lesson. You're probably a lot older than me, but I'm here giving you this life lesson. And let me tell you something about this, because I've said this story before, and I will say it again. And I know Jeremy's about to roll his eyes at a part of this because I'm about to bring up a term he hates, but it is true. Oh, it is damn true, as Kurt Angle would say. I got in the wrestling joke there, Jeremy. Now, While I have been in Los Angeles, I ran into a former Detroit Lion. Oh, not part of the team, you might say. It's fine. It's whatever. This this Lion was with the teams after 2008. I'm not going to say who. He told me in confidence. 
I will not give his name out. It's fine. This lot, former lion told me a story about, and I asked him about the teams he played on, and he came up to about the Detroit Lions. And in, in several different ways, he alluded to the fact that he just didn't feel the Lions had a winning culture. And I, I, I know what Jeremy's about to say, and I know what a lot of people are about to say, and I even said the same thing to him, is that winning culture comes with winning. That's kind of reductive. And the point he made to me was that it's more than just winning. And it's more than just winning football games or getting to playoffs. That's a big part of it. You can be a winning team, but you can do that without having a winning culture. But not having that winning culture puts you on a massive back foot with a lot of people. Because as I said, in that case where my paycheck was taken, you're damn right I talked to people about it. You're damn right I told other people about it and told them to avoid this employer. And that's kind of what's happening here too. The Lions want to be a winning culture. They want that Patriot way. They want all the other things. Guess what? That comes with treating your employees right, especially over small amounts of money like a signing bonus. Because guess what? Is this in a vacuum? You tough guys out there who want to be the armchair GMs and stiff players because they're no, they told you they're going to quit and quitters don't get money. That quitter, guess what? There's a lot of players who look up to him. A lot of players who are choosing between your team, the Detroit Lions, and some other teams in free agencies. And you want to know the fact is, you may hate the idea that the national media goes out there and talks about the Detroit Lions being losers, being a pathetic organization that can't get out of front of its feet. This is why. Because the first thing that comes out of their mouths when they're in meetings with former players is, well, did you get, did you get all of your bonus? And making that a big thing. And you fans coming out here, here and looking at that former great player and saying, he's a bum, stiff him. And once again, I'm just going to say this. What was so important about that money at the end of the day? Was it worth blowing up your reputation to try to get that little bit of money back? Because no one appreciates you if you're the tough guy owner. No one appreciates you. No one. I know you like thinking about it because it gives your little, it gives yourself a little bit of gratitude at the end of the day because we are a culture of machismo and we like the idea of the tough guy owning it. We have shows like Shark Tank out there and hell's kitchen and all these other shows that idolize the boss as an as an asshole and in fact one of those happens to be from a show one of those guys used to be the asshole boss now happens to run this country but guess what that is not actual what happens in reality no one likes that person and no one likes the organization who stiffs you on a check that was promised I think I think your last point is the most salient. It, it just is this worth it? I mean, we're we're two years later. We're still talking about the Lions and how they bungled this, right? I mean, we're still we're we're so, years out from Barry Sanders, and people will still bring it up, right? Because and that so that's just what this, from that's a what PR standpoint. Just from a PR standpoint, this is bad. This is really, really, really bad. And no way it's worth one million in cap space if that's what they got. The damage done has been far worse than a million dollars. And I'm just going to say this. You want that winning culture. You're going to have to start thinking a little bigger than this. Like, I'm, I, I'm not going to name out other owners because, again, winning culture becomes that one of those things that gets really complicated to talk about. But there's been a lot of organizations out there who have done right by their players. And, again, players talk. Players talk to each other. If you, do you think, do you think, do you honestly want me to believe that 
the other players out there looking to join the Detroit Lions do not see what happened with Calvin Johnson and do you not think that gives them a little bit of pause? I, I, I would hope that's not what's in your head because players talk, players see these things, and players react accordingly. Detroit is not a destination, and you've just made, and this incident makes it less of one. And if you're a fan, you should be mad about that. You should be mad about the fact that this organization allegedly stiffed its play, one of its biggest players in several decades on a very small amount of money for the NFL. There, I'm done. There, there, there's, there's one more point I want to talk about that maybe we can just use it as our next segment, but I want to talk a little bit more about Rod Wood. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's take a break. I said we were going to go short this time, but we can do a quick segment on Rod Wood. This one's gone a little long, so we'll take a short one. On Rod Wood, on some more of the organization, this is, I mean, again, let, let, let's make it clear too here. This is, this is a fan podcast. We are all fans here. Like, I, I know the joke is, is that I'm not, but at the end of the day, this is what we do. So we'll, we'll be right back. Hey, sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Pride to Detroit POD cast continuing on our conversation from last time. And once again, I want to reiterate this is that again, we are fans here. Fans are allowed to have <laughs> negative acting, opinions. Well, I, I, you're I, acting a little defensive. <laughs> I, I am. I am a little bit because again, just, I mean, I, I dislike the fan label because here, here's the thing. Like we have an unenviable position, Jeremy, because we're supposed to be fan journalists. It's supposed to be a fan journalism website and that gets us into several sticky situations is that journalism is supposed to be a view from nowhere and yet fans are inherently by their actions biased now on this podcast we are doing commentary and most commentators are supposed to be i mean i've seen a lot of commentators who are fans for local shows for you know 97.1 or for any other you know espn affiliate local show out there but by and large, if you're talking a national outlet for these kind of things, you're not supposed to be a fan because that gets in the way of you discussing these matters in a, in a proper light. And being a fan isn't the end-all be-all. But at the same time, we are fans. We go to the games. We buy the jerseys. We, we watch all the games, and there is, there, there's not a lot of money coming down from SB Nation. We would, be, we would not be doing this if it wasn't a passion project. And here's how I know that we're doing it right 
is that there is a huge a huge portion of people that think we're blatant homers, and there's a huge portion of people who think we're haters. No, yeah, no, and I'm and again, there's pro- there's a lot more people who also again also appreciate that we tow that line, or they appreciate the podcast itself. Sure. So I don't mean to get defensive every time these things come up, but I just I I've just. As as a person who likes getting behind the microphone, I just want to know for some people, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to convince you guys that there there is that we're not out here to take down the organization? Like the, that's the last thing I think any of us want is for the organization to to dissolve. No, but you're allowed to criticize it. I just yes. I keep looking at our Twitter mentions, and every time we come up, it just so many people saying wow. I don't care about this news or. You yeah, guys are the fine. ones making it. You know news. If people don't want to care about this news, that's fine. They don't have to. But that's the thing. It's like the I'm thing... a fan, and I care about this news. I am a fan of the Detroit Lions, right. and I care about the fact that Calvin Johnson yes. feels still I do too. feels. That so that's a why the, the comments that bother me are like, no one cares about this. It's like, yeah, okay, you're just speaking for yourself. Do not do not use the royal us. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's i think the the issue here is that there is because we had this too with the matt patricia thing which sure. in, you know a shout out to uh let me make sure i get his name right was it gary uh this is my adequateness coming here i have to go back gary miles from the detroit news who thought our coverage of that was very fair and balanced especially for a fan perspective especially considering we talked a lot about the detroit news itself in there and again i'm not trying to toot my own horn here but i'm just I just want hope that I can change a mind out here, at least one mind that we're not out here to take down your favorite football team. Uh, this is 2018. No one has ever changed their mind about anything because of the I've internet seen it before. No, I've seen it before. I, I'm never have. But let's, let's use the Patricia thing as a jump off point to, to Rod Wood, because Ryan and I were talking in the Slack room yesterday. This has not been a good month and a half for Rod Wood at all. He came off looking very bad off the Patricia stuff. I think he comes off even, maybe even worse with this Calvin Johnson stuff because in his defense, which is the only defense I'm going to make for him in the next 10 minutes or so, he was like two or three months on the job when this Calvin Johnson situation hit. Never been involved in a football organization before. Said himself in his introductory press conference, he's not a football guy, but he's there in the room when one of the biggest things to hit this franchise hits. And he he bundles it he he made an impression whether he meant to or not that has lasted that you know the bitterness of it has lasted two years two and a half years almost now now i'm i want to commend rod wood on some of the good things he's done he's made attendance very strong in a time in which attendance is has struggled across the NFL. He's made the team at least a little more profitable. It's still one of the least valuable franchises in the NFL, but he's, he's trending it in the right direction. I like some of the things he's done in terms of like arguing for um, a home game to end the schedule. Lions had a home game to win the division against the Packers in 2016. That was huge. I obviously didn't work out, but he helped in that sense. And he's making strong bids to get big NFL events in the city of Detroit. All that are things that I think, one, he's more qualified to do, and two, he's done a good job at doing it. But now he's, it seems like he's starting to get – we're starting to find out that he's been involved in some more football things. And that's where I think the lines are mis, misguided. Because he said in his introductory press conference, we're going to hire a guy who deals with the th- salary cap. That's not going to be on me. I'm not a football guy. I'm not going to de- be dealing with any football decisions. 
only the very, very big things. And now, not only was he in the room offending the, the biggest football player on the team at the time, he's also apparently involved in some of these money decisions regarding the salary cap. Why? I don't know. He's also there as the only other voice in the room in terms of the Lions hiring their next head coach. Why? I don't know. He's not a football player. He doesn't know what a good football coach sounds like. I understand he's the team president. I understand big decisions like hiring a head coach he should at least have a voice in. But he's one of two voices, him and Bob Quinn, two people who basically decided Matt Patricia was going to be the next head coach. Why is he there? I don't understand why. And I, and I don't understand why he's suddenly become the face of the team. As a guy who has no football experience, he needs to be in in the accounting room with a calculator and keep his mouth shut. I'm sorry. I, so I, so all good will I've had of Rod Wood that he gained in the first two years on the job, he is lost in this offseason. So you're saying I, stay in your lane. He, I am. I Stick stick to non-sports. <laughs> stick to non-sports. Ryan, do you have I, – I don't have any strong opinion in this in the matter because I feel that even if Rod Wood hadn't been there, there would have been someone else to m- mungle around when it comes to – the Calvin Johnson thing. But I, I mean, I agree. Like when he started, there was, he, he did kind of go on. I remember one Oh five one rest in peace. Like that was the first time we've had a, a, you know, an interview with a president of a team for the Detroit lions in a very long time on a radio, taking callers from fans. That was big, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know the structure of the lions right now. I don't know where the Fords are involved or where they should be involved it at all. I know everyone talks about Martha Ford. We get a lot of questions all the time about has Martha Ford made a cultural difference? And I don't know because depending on who you ask, it sounds like maybe the kids are a little more involved at this point too. And to be honest, I, I, I don't know. And all I know is that there are reports about what happened with Calvin Johnson. And there has been Rod Wood asked to give a statement about what happened with Matt Patricia. And he bungled that as well. Uh, I don't know if Ryan has any strong opinions one way or another here, but I've that I've reached the end of my line there. Yeah, I I, I think I'm kind of firmly uh, firmly in, entrenched in, in Jeremy's viewpoint too. Like I, I I would appreciate it if Rod Wood stuck to bean counting, um, and and making sales pitches on on trying to get either the draft here or or Super Bowls or whatever whatever else his job should be. The the the. The thing about this is we're just learning about the first few months that Rod Wood was on the job, right? So the the other thing that I guess I want to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt of is that this was the first, this is one of like the big, one of the first big, um, you know, uh, not decisions, but one of the first big like moments that he had to be in with the team. And yes, like his his um his words come off as very callous um not not recognizing that calvin johnson was somebody who put in so many uh years and so much effort in into you know playing for detroit but um it it just comes off as a guy who clearly doesn't understand like the football side of things and i guess we i guess i can't be i can't be like very mad at a guy who said i have no football background i'm not a football guy and then proceeds to like disrespect somebody's football career, right? Like I can't, I don't know if I can be very upset at that. So 
the 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 Patricia thing is still going to be like one of the worst things. Like I like that's that's my big sticking point I have with with Rod Wood. But um, I don't know if I can get super upset. Like I said, with a guy being callous towards somebody's football career when he clearly doesn't understand football. So. Isn't that like the first thing you should learn before jumping in the job, though? And I mean, here's the thing, like that kind of attitude, I don't think that flies in any other business, too, where it's the first thing a treasured employee tells you is that they're they're quitting. Your first question should not be about some stipulation in their contract. That goes for more than just football. So. Sure. I mean, and and yeah, it's wrong and it's 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 callous and it's um, it's it's not it's insensitive. Like it's all of those things. Do anyone um, do anyone who is like taking Rod Wood's side on this? Like, do you want to be treated like that as an employee? Will you honestly tell me if there is a million dollars on the line for you that you will act that way? That you will say, "All right, yes, it's all in, it's all proper business, and I do not deserve this money," because I'm going to call you bullshit on that every time. You're not yeah, that I mean, principled. It, it's just it's hard to compare it to the common man, though, right? Because we were kind of talking about other people comparing it to their job and like, you know, if you quit early, would you expect to get your Christmas bonus or whatever? No, like no, it's, it's, it's different because one, the money involved two because precedent, right? Precedent. My paycheck was taken because my boss said I didn't work hard enough that week. And I'm still fucking bitter about it. That money was owed to me, but because I was working in a state for right to work and not with any kind of protections to it, I couldn't say shit. Right. And I'm still fucking pissed off about it. You don't take people's money. You don't. You don't. Do right by your employees or we're going to make sure you never get another good job again. I hope that guy's business fails and I hope his family all disowns him. I hope he dies alone and sad. <laughs> you don't take people's money. Stop it. If you, if you own a business, you don't take people's money. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> That's that much. Are is you? There. <laughs> here's here's maybe also to me one of the most frustrating parts about this whole thing is that we're two years later and it hasn't been resolved. And I don't know if that's on Rod Wood. I don't know if that's on the the PR department or whatever. But I mean, by now heard, they should have figured something out because have Rod Wood. Have Rod we heard Wood attempts claimed, for them to to like invite him back? Well, yes. I, here, here's the thing. Yeah. Last last offseason, about around July or June, Rod Wood went to the media when they finally asked him, hey, what's going on with Calvin Johnson? He says, you know, it's unfortunate how things have played out. We, I just had a cordial text conversation with him a couple weeks ago. I even invited him to, to training camp this year. We'll see if he comes out. Of course, he didn't come out. And then Calvin Johnson comes out this January, a couple months ago, says, Lines never reached out to me. They've never tried to amend this situation whatsoever. They said they have, but they haven't. And that's where the warning lights come on. Yeah. And I think that is somewhere we're going to have to lead it, leave it, because I don't see this situation getting resolved at any point. And I'm going to use that word, unfortunately, because people got mad at me last time we used that word. But you know what? Unfortunately, this is going to remain a subject we're going to have to deal with until the fences are indeed mended. Let's take a quick break and let's wind down with, uh, yeah, something that will totally not get people mad. Let's talk about the Falcons and Lions game from last season. This is going to be the most unpopular episode ever. <laughs> Guess what? People are still listening to it. We'll be right back.
sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports there's no better time to join my bookie than today go to my bookie to open an account and start winning use promo code champion when you register for your account and get a 100 percent sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit bet today visit my bookie's website or call 844-866-2387 that's 844-866-2387 check them out today and use promo code champion for a 100 percent bonus Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. I'm going to keep doing that sound. I don't care. Let's talk about Falcons and Lions. This is week three of the 2017 season. And I think every bone in our bodies would say to skip this one. But guess what? We're, we're doing it. And you can't stop me. You can't stop this train. It is rolling right through here. Speaking of trains, that's where basically I uh, I, I, I witnessed this game. I'm going to have to lean on you guys a lot because at the time I was reporting in Carson and I was on my way back and my Twitter, I, I was over my data cap limit. So T-Mobile had throttled me. Thank you, you bastards. And I was getting my very slow updates from Twitter about this game. And I, I, I'll save I'll save for what happened to me to the end when we get to the end. But let's start at the beginning with this game. Ryan, Jeremy, whoever wants to take this bull by the horns and run with it, go ahead. Ryan, Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this to you because I oh think in your in your in, in your title I think it's uh, managing editor slash bullhorn <laughs> driver. So fearless leader. Well, okay, let's let's just start with the end real quick and just address it. Let's just get it out of the way. I knew what was gonna happen as soon as that play happened. I'm like, one, I don't think he's in. Two, I know that there's a 10 second running runoff happening. This game is over. We just lost. No, you didn't. I you did. You check check the Twitter timeline. You know you don't know shit. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. Fake news. So since we are jumping to the end, it did come up on my feed when, uh, <laughs> who who even went in at this point? I'm trying to remember Golden now. Tate. Golden Tate. When Golden Tate went into the end zone, everyone freaked out of my timeline. And I was like, yep, yep, another comeback by Matt Stafford. Never count him out. And then immediately I reload the feed, and there's the Detroit Free Press News Sports account. Sorry, I just mangled two words. You have the Detroit Free Press Sports account saying, hold on, this one might be coming back. So there, that, that was how I experienced that play. Yeah. And now, then, yeah. This was, I, I just want to say, like, to put this into context, because I think we're, we're going to explain what happened with the 10-second runoff, I think. But this kind of defined the 2017 season. I know everyone wants to make this Detroit versus everybody. There were a lot of other times in the NFL season where you would see a fantastic touchdown play or a game-defining play close to the end of the game. 
And instead, what would happen is that we would sit around for 10 minutes while the referees would go under the hood, while New York looked at it, and it has made, and, P, and Jeremy will might disagree with me, but it's made for an awful experience. Instead of that elation, instead of sticking with what happened, to keep going back, and yeah, maybe you're correcting it, maybe you're not, I don't know. All I know is that sports right now and instant instant review are in a really bad place. And I look no further than what happened with with the Cavaliers and the Warriors a few nights ago in game one of the NBA Finals, where, I mean, was it a charge? Was it a block? I don't know. All I know is that it's set up for the Cavaliers to lose because J.R. Smith lost track of what the score was. But he didn't need to because the refs could have gotten it right, whether it was a charge or a block. And in the NFL, that was happening all last season. It was happening in the Super Bowl. It was happening in the playoffs. People just sitting around wondering if it's a touchdown because everything has to be reviewed now. And I want to ask you guys, is it a good experience? Is it worth getting it right if you have to sit around for 10 minutes in that agony of trying to figure out whether it's right? Is that a good viewing experience? Makes good tent. Makes a lot of good tent, my friend. A lot of sports debate happens because of it. A lot of drama happens because of it. So honestly, I think yes. Now I want them to get, I want, I want them to ultimately get the call right. And that to me is more important than content and and debate and all that sort of stuff. So I'm okay with review happening. What I'm not okay with is review happening for uh, subjective things like a charge where it's not black and white. And so that, I I don't think it's comparable to the situation. What happened in, in the NBA finals, but. Uh, I, I didn't want I didn't want to talk about the NBA Finals until the mailbag. I thought that was just going to be the whole mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's not talk about. It. Let's continue talking right. about this well, game. We'll save Ryan's thing for there. But I mean, again, here that was a fantastic play Golden Tate made. Sure, and yeah, I'm sure he Fal- wasn't in. That's fine, but he was called in at the first blush, and I'm fine with that. If that had stood, I would have been fine with that. If that had stood against the Lions as well, because I believe that sport. Like this is this is this is a hard business to be a ref out there, and I would rather them not have to hem and haw and go back and just stick with what's called on the field. And you can say, well, aren't you? Wouldn't you be mad if the Lions lost a game that way? Probably, but I'd also be mad. But I know if I flip this script around and said that the Lions won it because of that way, you wouldn't be mad, right? But okay, so would you rather just be mad at a missed call or mad at a replay happening? To me, I'd be rather be mad at a replay. I'd met, rather be I'd rather mad, be mad at, at a replay happening and them eventually getting it right. Here's here's the difference: is that me being mad at the missed call doesn't take 15 added minutes onto the end of the game where we don't know what's happening and we're just arguing with each other. I'm more time efficient. I don't know about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, let's talk about the rest of the game, shall we? Let's <laughs> because. because- this- this this was, I think, a high watermark for the Lions and that you were hanging with the defending NFC champion, regardless of what happened to them in the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of Lions fans kind of took solace in that at the end. They're like, well, we should be 3-0, but we just hung with the NFC champions. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but. I want to talk. <laughs> The Lions should not have been in this game. I'm just going to say it. They had no business being in this game. Nope. They were outgained by over 100 yards. The Falcons didn't punt until three minutes left in the game. 
the only reason the Lions were in this game was because of their secondary. They picked off Matt Ryan three times, including that goal or Glover Quinn amazing pick six to end the, the first half when it looked like Atlanta was going to just pull away with this one early. Lions had no business being in this game. Sure, so, but I'll argue against that by saying there's a lot of teams who have gone far in this league by winning games they weren't supposed to win. No, that it catches yes, up are. with you all the time. No, all doesn't. the time it catches no, it doesn't. up with you. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does. No, there's been some incredibly lucky teams who have won it all just because they had a couple of really cool ones. <laughs> you just don't like you just don't you're you're the math nerd. You just don't like the idea of people like I, you know, I like like analyzing games instead of just like saying baseless came, claims. You're right. Yeah, and guess what? You're a nerd and no one likes it. All right. Well, uh so <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the one where all the poor reviews are coming from. It's me. I'm the problem. So uh I'll talk about the game. Um <laughs> the I, I got on Twitter after the game and because a lot of people were kind of taken, well, I mean, I don't know. Lions fans went through a lot of different emotions that day, right? <laughs> yes. Um, oh yeah. There, but, were, there were more than five stages of grief. Yeah. So yeah, there were at least like seven or eight. Um, but the, the thing was, is that once things kind of died down, I decided to stir the pot and basically reiterate kind of like what Jeremy just said. Um, you know, I got on Twitter and I was like, yeah, it, I mean, the lions were in it, but there, there's clearly still like a lot of room for this team to make up to to become like what people consider like a quote unquote contender for the NFC because I think that the, that's what people were kind of taking home is that they're saying, well, you know what they they very nearly knocked off the NFC the you know the NFC champions um, the team that was so close to being the Patriots in the Super Bowl we went toe to toe with them and we almost won. Well, pause, okay, because Matt Ryan had maybe one of the, the one of the worst games of his career. Like the 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 picks were bad, a lot of them were his fault. Um, Atlanta ran the ball at will, twenty eight carries for one hundred and fifty one yards. Um, it, the the Lions defense couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop. I mean, even when Matt Ryan was playing bad, he still he still had like a good game statistically. Um, it it was it literally like Jeremy said, it came down to some turnovers, and yes, like that was the kind of the I think that was more so like if we're talking about the the first three games, like as as a you know a package, like that was the overwhelming like, hey, you know what? This team, Bob Quinn talked so much in the last offseason about how this team needed to play faster to the ball and like make turnovers and 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 things like that. This team was doing that. And it was that was like the one thing that I was kind of excited about coming out of this game. But at the same time, we all we I I think we know by now like turnovers are a very variant thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, sometimes they happen and, you know, sometimes they don't and you can't count on those things. And I think that's what people are doing. They're like, well, we can count on three interceptions happening every game or we can count on all these turnovers because that's how the Lions won their first two games. And it's like, no, like that, that, that stuff is not going to happen like it, that you cannot count on that. But what I, you can count on is the rest of the season. The Lions got bowled over with people's rushing attacks. Yep. You know, yeah. when when the second when the secondary wasn't making plays, it was getting carved up. Devonta Freeman was just going at it all day. And, Average around and five. When, when yeah. that happened so early in the season, when it didn't through the first two games, we make excuses, right? Like, hmm, well, why did this happen? Is it because the Lions defense is bad? Really? Probably not. Let's see. Oh, Jared Davis was out this game. We had, you know. Who was in his place? By the way, was... before you go on, I just want to say this about the Falcons too. This was before they went on a three-game skid as well. Like they <laughs> like so. I don't know about 
that narrative, oh, we just beat the, you know, defending NFC champions. Right. I mean, I mean they, they, they ended up not with? making the playoffs, right? Well, they went 10 and 6, which is very remarkable, and oh, that's okay. right. But you, the, their next five games, they only had one win against the Jets. They lost to Buffalo, Miami, New England, and Carolina. Now, bear in mind, there's some stinker of teams in there, too. Like, Miami was not good that season. Buffalo was not good that season. They lost Buffalo all made of them. the playoffs. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, they're, so, the, they're the Bills. Who cares? So at the is, time, is this the Paul Warlow game? Uh, Paul Warlow, yep, was in there. Nick Ballora was in there. Uh, it was it was not good. According to Pro Football Focus, Freeman broke six tackles on twenty one carries. Um, it was. I mean that that's what you ultimately jump to, and understandably so. We have very little information about this team, so when something that appears to be out of the ordinary happens, we look for an excuse. Jared Davis wasn't in because of the concussion and neck injury, so he's probably why the defense was so bad. But same time, no pressure from the defensive line that we saw. Stafford was on the run again all that game. No running game again, which was now you know two times in three games. Can we talk about the punting at the end of the game, too? Sure. What happened with the punting? For two, there was a punt. We, the Detroit Lions punted with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And that was, by the way, that was like, what, a 14-second possession as well? Something it was something quick. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the exact situation in terms of timeouts and stuff, and it's kind of hard for me to go back and remember all that stuff. But I think I was a little bit irked at the time. I'm looking now; it was fourth and ten, so that's not a great situation to have. But this was a defense that absolutely struggled all day, and so I was a bit concerned about them punting the ball away. Wasn't that um, like that was a whole theme that I think we are going to see further? We get into the season the insistence that this team just has to rely on its defense late in games. And every time they would get burned by trying to rely on its defense. I'm trying to think, did that really become a theme? I guess we'll I see. Know. I'm still we'll see. I just, I, now, now I'm kind of remember that, that three stats. the Lions defense did force Matt Ryan through to, uh, to Julio Jones. And they were like a half a foot short of gaining that first down. I think it was Glover Quinn who made a really good tackle. So, I mean, they lucked, it worked out. That doesn't mean it was the right decision because that's using hindsight to justify uh, your decision. But it it was a rough choice. You know, fourth and 10 is not a high percentage play. Punting to a, a good Atlanta Falcons offense is also not a good option. So I, I, it's it wasn't an egregious error. <laughs> I think the Lions coaching staff made far more errors later in the season that we'll get to. But... Overall, I think the Lions were kind of lucky to be in this game. Obviously, they got quite unlucky towards the end of the game. But I think overall, I still felt okay about this team. The fact that they were able to stick with it does mean something. It doesn't mean that they were as good as the Falcons because they weren't. But it meant that they were close enough to at least keep it competitive. And that's the that's the hump that we've been hoping the Lions get over. Is not is not, okay, we can hang with these teams. It's, we need to start beating these teams. And... To me, this game did not prove anything beyond that. To um, me, it means that sometimes you have to be able to steal games you're not supposed to be in. I have I, I have one one last tidbit to uh to put in here because I think that this is 
another common theme that we're going to see as, as we continue to do this each week is um, the Lions' inability to turn possessions into touchdown possessions. Like, getting the ball to Atlanta's side of the field, I mean, Prater kicked four field goals, and, I mean, he w- he was money this game. But listen to his first two field goals, the plays that happened on third down, okay? Uh, the first field goal, which was a uh, which was a 55-yarder, third and two, uh, no huddle shotgun, Matthew Stafford passing complete, short left to Theo Riddick on third and two. The next field goal, which is a 40-yarder, third and two, shotgun, Matthew Stafford pass, incomplete, short left to Theo Riddick. <laughs> passing the ball on third and two on two different possessions. And then there was the other play too, um, after yeah, the, next, intercep- the next yep. one, the interception, four plays, four yards on third and one pass incomplete to Kenny Galladay on third and one, like throwing the ball in, in these short yardage situations. Like this was the lions like undoing, like, I can't wait till we get to Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. And I mean, we've really got to move on to the mailbag here, but very quickly, like, and maybe I'm spoiling the rest of the series, but Jeremy, will you know exactly where it turned for you on the lions that you admitted that like you knew it became a problem? Just the season in general, that this wasn't the yeah. team that I expected them to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there was a point in it and I'll, I'll let you guys know when we get there. Okay, cool, cool. Just keep that in, tuck that away in your brain pan. Cause we're getting out of the way back machine coming back to 2018 and we are about to step into the mailbag. We'll be right back. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mail time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Do we have any reviews, Jeremy? We've had a slew of reviews. It's amazing Ooh. what just the, not even a full threat of wrestling talk, but just like a, a reference to maybe threatening about wrestling talk will do. But we have like five or six new reviews. We'll just read t- two of them, the first two that came in last week. First one comes from Bug, Five stars, says, great show. I love watching the show before school. Please skip the Falcons game in the Wayback Machine. It'll be too painful. I'm sorry about that. Yikes. Yes. Sorry. hopefully you didn't listen to that segment but you're listening to this part where i'm reading your p.s for your fix on football watch cfl preseason not gonna do that 
To continue with your football games, our good butter analogy, they're basically heroin. Johnny football, man. Yeah. Nope. Not going to do that. It's not football. No, I'm not going to do preseason, but I will be talking about the regular season. I'm going to up soon enough. Oh, not here. You won't. Yes, I will. (laughs) The second review comes from second review comes from Noah.Ferguson42. Also five stars says loving the podcast. I just started listening to this podcast a couple of weeks ago and I'm desperate for lines news. And this podcast is perfect. Thanks for the hard work. Thanks for listening. No, appreciate it. Thank- we Welcome. always appreciate it. We always appreciate it. So where shall we start with the mailbag? I, I, I baited in Ryan with some talk about the NBA finals and yet I cannot find any questions here about that. That's unbelievable. Are there no questions? Like, I know well, even Jeremy did, like, a question of the day and was, like, what is, like, the biggest, like, wasn't it, like, centered around, like, what's the biggest, like, sports choke job or whatever? Yeah, I call it choke yeah. job. But okay, let's put it, let's like... just put it in Michigan area sports then because the favorite topic I've seen going around, and actually I really like this question, it was, was J.R. Smith forgetting about the score in game one of the 2018 NBA Finals? Was that worse than Chris Webber trying to call the timeout. Jeremy, do you want to go first? Okay, well, oh, yeah, sure. There's a couple things to consider here. One, it's a lot easier to not know that you don't have a timeout than it is the score of the game. It's not your job to know what the, I mean, it is part of your job to know how many timeouts your team has left, but it's a little easier to remember I, the score. I think it is. Sure, I will agree. I will agree. I will agree that it's much easier to remember the score. Yes, but now, it also is your responsibility to know what the timeout situation is. Well, especially coming out of like free throws, you should have had your score in your head that entire time. Right, and I mean, all this could also go back to coaching. Like, you, it's it's your job to make sure your players know what they need to do. Blah 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 blah. That being said, it's a bigger deal that Chris Weber messed up because it because of the stakes involved. I, I would counter that by saying this was probably like the Cavaliers' best chance to steal one in Golden State. And that kind of a goof up could alter the entire series. But I agree there. Chris Webber's was in a win or go home game. Right. And plus, I mean, you're basically admitting there that the Cavs don't have a chance to win the series, anyways. Oh, well, no, no, because momentum is real in these kinds no. of series. Okay. All right. We're we're done here. <laughs> well, okay. Here here's the other thing too is like the GR Smith making that decision shouldn't have happened because we also had the matter of that the Cavaliers should have gotten that call, but you know the block charge thing happened with instant review instead. Right. Yeah. There's, there's so much going on at the end of that game. This game was probably and, and it's funny too because the the big talk throughout the NBA playoffs, even with the conference finals was like all the games are blowouts. Like even though each series went to seven games, it was like, Oh, it's a blowout. It's a blowout. It's a blowout. The very first game of the NBA finals, maybe one of the most like this will go down as like one of the most like iconic games in like NBA history. There's so many layers to peel back. Like LeBron had a LeBron had a 50 piece. Like LeBron put up a 50 piece. Like this was one of the most impressive performances in NBA history. The only player in NBA history, in NBA Finals history, to score over fifty points and lose the game, and you know why? Because it will forever be, um, it 
will forever be remembered as the J.R. Smith game. It is the J.R. Smith game. And you know what is so great about that is that everybody's going to like George Hill becomes a footnote. Like if my, if, if, <laughs> if dude hits, if the dude hits the free throw, J.R. Smith doesn't have a chance to be J.R. Smith. Like <laughs> the game has so many, so many layers to feel back. Like it's, it's insane. Like why did, why did J, why did J.R. Smith get position on Kevin Durant? Isn't Kevin Durant seven feet tall? Like, isn't he one of the lankiest people in the NBA? Why is he getting an offensive rebound? Like, man, what? This is a great, like, I'm so looking forward to tonight, but there's no way that tonight can live up to. Yeah, I was about to say, we might be dating ourselves because game two might be even more bonkers, but we should probably get on and take some more. Well, I just want to say it was all made possible by, by review. So thank you, sports review. We need you. God. Harrington HOS. H-O-F, let me clear my mouth, iPhone or Android? iPhone, baby. I have an iPhone, but I've never actually played around with an Android long enough to... Get yourself an Android, they're cheaper. ...to be a hater on Android. I don't... I'm, cheaper. I'm not getting involved in this West Coast, East Coast heat. <laughs> you, you I've just... I've never, been able to, I've never been able to afford an iPhone, so I'm coming from that from that street life on it. Uh, CB Rusk asking us, I need a new game console. Rate them, please. Xbox 360 is number one. <laughs> okay. Ryan, can we get in serious? Dreamcast answer? is number two. <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, I have a $400 Fortnite machine. So <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm biding my time until Red Dead comes out. Like, that's the yeah. only thing. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I want to play God of War, but like, I just know that I'll get God of War like during like Black Friday when it'll be like thirty bucks or something. Yeah, I, I like, think I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till it gets cheaper. If the question is between Xbox and PlayStation, I would lean PlayStation. But I gotta say, the Switch has made a really strong case. And if it wasn't for the fact I want to play Red Dead Redemption Two with you, I would probably be trading in my PS4 to get a Switch. It might still. Yeah, happen. I can't. I can't wait till we're eating baked beans and <laughs> all, all the predators. PlayStation, right? Like. You, uh, Ryan, huh? and all of you are, are, are I play more on, fours right now, I, right? I play more on PC, and that's kind of my thing. Is like I play a lot on place on on my on my computer because I actually have a custom tower that I build myself and keep up to date. So most of the time, when there's a new game out and it's a choice between different platforms, I'll get it on PC, and that's kind of why I lean towards Switch because Switch has a lot of games on it that you just can't get on any other, like. PS4 has some nice exclusives, but most of Switch is like exclusive. Like one of my one of my favorite tweets was it was it last week that I shared with you, Chris, where it was like yeah. I dealt with this all the time when I worked at the video game store that I used to work at. But oh, yeah. people calling up and be like, "Tell this man that Mario is, is not on PS4." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go PlayStation. But isn't the isn't the big news that like they're like this this current generation is kind of like wheeling, like it's kind of winding down. It'll take a few more years, I think. E three is this week. I don't think we'll see any new consoles pop up. And even if it did, like, I mean, well, okay, that that that's a point in Switch's favor right there because Switch is only like what a year old. So it just came out. And if you're rushing on to PlayStation 5 already, I think here's the thing. Like when the PlayStation 4 came out, there weren't that many games for it. And there's usually at least like a year or so after that console comes out 
before everyone jumps onto the new console and they're still making you know games for the playstation 3 because that's what everyone has so yeah so i yeah I, I don't know save your money and get a good pc instead yeah I, I would agree i would agree jeremy's about that life now we got him a new you know laptop and yeah all right, Melvin2345, my wife has never seen the Die Hard or Terminator movies, any of them. I have since remedied the situation. This weekend, I have discovered she's seen none of the Matrix movies either. Uh, quick note, she only needs to see one of them. Uh, outside of the Godfather. <laughs> there was only one Matrix movie. There was only one. Outside of the Godfather, which she had seen, which other essential movie series do I need to catch her up on in order? Robocop. <laughs> robocop's a good one i i don't know about like here's the thing like i i don't know about series and i don't know about the order uh i'll throw blade runner in there because now we've got two blade runners those are good uh i've actually been going back and watching like the indiana jones movies for some reason i don't know i've been really bored and just watching those uh hey, what else are you ready are you ready you ready for this hot take what's up the fifth element is better than die hard it's Ooh. a better bruce willis movie I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Chris, I don't, Chris Tucker is incredible in that film. And Gary Oldman is a very good bad guy. You need to show her some of the Fast and the Furious. Don't make me pick between those two, by the way. That's I still also, now that you bring up Fast and the Furious, I'm still looking to watch all, what are the eight of them back to back? I've never seen one of them. <laughs> I want to watch all of them back to back to back to back to back to back now. It's a marathon. Yeah, like, a young Chris, like a young Chris Berman. <laughs> what else what other uh, movies wait well it's isn't isn't dwayne johnson like did did the did dwayne johnson's uh like his like ode to like die hard like that that did that movie come out yet his action movie like skyscraper oh, is that what it's no, called it's, it's still on the way okay yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'm interested to go going and see that i love a good disaster <laughs> what, film what does that have to do with this question Go see, go see Dwayne Johnson in Skyscraper. That's not a I movie series. I, I also haven't seen any mention it, it of could Mad be. Max or Road Warrior on here, so I would say definitely the Mad Max series. Yeah, can't you just see? Can, can't you just see there being a Skyscraper too, Jeremy? <laughs> oh my God! It's twice the size of the original. <laughs> it's in space. I feel like I've overdosed on rock a little bit. I'm I'm ready to he take a everywhere. break from the rock. He is he is an he he must have gotten a lot of tips from uh who was that black comedian he was um who was in like every movie Kevin a couple of years. Kevin he cuz he was doing a couple movies with Kevin Hart and he must have taken advice from Kevin who was like, "Yo, just do every movie you can. Every movie. <laughs> Don't every, say no. Every single script they throw at you. Yeah. Every like he's been in he's been in like at least 3 this summer cuz he was in that Rampage movie. He's yep, in this he one. Was. Jumanji. Jumanji. And I mean, there was a new Fast and Furious not that long ago, too. I mean, I'm just waiting on Tooth Fairy 2. <laughs> <laughs> remake remake that Hulk Hogan uh, babysitter movie. What? Oh, do, you, do you not remember that? No, nope. I remember that. Wasn't oh, there was goodness, a, you know what I was thinking of the Arnold Schwarzenegger one too? Did, yeah. Hulk Hogan and Arnold Schwarzenegger both made babysitter cop type movies? It, yeah, they did for sure. But wouldn't wouldn't like Vin Diesel kind of get like upset about that? Like they're both in the Fast and Furious franchise. Vin Diesel also did a babysitter movie. Vin Diesel's fine, man. Vin Diesel's off playing Dungeons and Dragons and having a good old time. He he's one life. You remember, he was in that commercial for those um. 
Have you ever seen that? Like the 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 the, the like the mutated like sharks. Like there's a there's a cartoon for it too. Oh yeah, no, I know it was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoff. Yeah, like, no, I know it's... sharks. Street sharks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, street sharks. He was in the commercial for it. What? He's a know, huge nerd at the end of the day. We are so we are so off the rails on this question, and a lot of it is my fault. No, it's fine. It's it's absolutely I, fine. I, I can't believe you didn't say like Batman or Spider Man or something. Oh yeah, no, the Tim Burton Batmans, the Tim Burton Batmans, and the Christopher Nolan ones. Again, my my recommendation has to come to the Mad Max movies. I think that's my final answer. There you go. You get four movies out of that. You get Mad Max, Road Warrior, Beyond Thunderdome, which is oh, okay, whatever. People still reference it. I didn't like it. And then you have Fury Road, which is probably my favorite movie of the last decade. Is that it on the question? The silence yeah, is sticking here. Okay. Sure. All right. How many white... This is from Jack H. How many white castle burgers can Nick Fairley eat in one sitting? Oh, Lord. I don't think I'd want to ask him to do that. Let's just say that that white castle would have to close down for the rest of the day. I think he eats. I think Nick Fairley eats very healthy right now. I think Nick Fairley is based probably on, on a, 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 a based on his heart condition. Oh right, Jeremy just stepped. <laughs> for some reason, I was picturing Ashawn. Why are we asking about Nick Fairley? Yeah, he's not part of the team. I don't know why we're getting into yeah, He's not on the team. <laughs> he's not on the team. I don't care about Nick Fairley. Wow, I stepped in it too. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he's just eating salads. <laughs> Does White Castle have salads? Maybe he's eating. Uh, do you think White Castle has like a uh, v- like a vegan burger, like alternative with like gluten free buns? They, they do. They have Impossible Burger lettuce wrap. Hold on. Do they have an Impossible oh. Burger Burger slider? Could you imagine? Could you imagine going to White Castle and, and trying to like be healthy? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I'm gonna need a crave case, but no buns on any of those. Uh, we'll nix the cheese. I'm trying to go. Um, yeah, get into the lettuce wrap. I'm trying to. I'm trying a keto diet. <laughs> Do you have turkey burgers one, here? They might. Don't don't tempt them. Uh, okay, from one food question to another, Sebastian Enke at Fugazi81 asking us, your opinion on bacon desserts? Huh, that's a tough one because... baconed out, right? Like, bacon bacon was like a thing in like 2013, right? It, it jumped the yeah. shark a little bit, for sure. It jumped the shark the minute it came out because nerd boys were like, epic bacon, yeah. And yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Bacon's bacon's fine, but I never I never went crazy for bacon. I never. He's Sebastian's given us a few qu- pictures of like some maple bacon milkshake and maple bacon sundae that just looks no. gross to me. I don't know. I don't need yeah. meat on my. I, I I just had a whole dish of meat. I don't need a meat dessert. But the thing is, salty and sweet is a really good combination. It is. And so I'm yeah. not fully against it. And I think bacon almost lives up to the hype. It doesn't quite live up to the hype. It's it's very good. But yeah, something about meat just being in a dessert feels wrong. You can do salty a lot better with sea salt, I find. Yeah, I agree. Is that where you feel, Ron? What? (sighs) 
Almost made it again. Almost made it again. Is that is that going to just be our new sign off? Is that the new? I almost said Kerning, whatever that dude's name is. Well, let's bring let's bring him back in here. One more food question, Ethan Thomas Jr. Have we ever answered this question on the podcast before? Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Hell to the yes. Hell yeah, to yeah, the yes. We just got done talking about sweet and salty combos. There's one did right just, there. Did we just have a unanimous decision about a pizza topping? Yeah, wow, that was kind of weird how that happened. Now, yeah, not, I think not, we have talked. I think we have talked about this before, but it was way back in the heyday when Alex used to do this thing. Oh, he was and the hater, he yeah. Was, he was the dissenting opinion, yeah. We need to get him back on here, because I feel like we've been agreeing a little bit too often as of late. I don't know. I feel I don't, like, I don't our, agree. I think our, like our stats versus versus men who play the game thing between me and Jeremy <laughs> is about to just blow this whole thing apart. <laughs> men who play the game. Uh, I have I have one last mailbag question. Sure, go for it. Jeremy, you want to play some Fortnite right now? Hell to the yes, I do. Yeah, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you, Star Side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.